Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Coming up, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson, will talk about the snow and cold with him. Speaking of the cold, Global News reporter Marnie Blunt will be here to tell us about a couple of exposure deaths on the weekend, one in Selkirk, the other in Gillum. And we'll talk to Lindsay Gillanders at Manitoba Underdogs Rescue. We'll get an update on Greta the dog. This is the dog that was found in northern Manitoba with a jar on her head. All that and much more coming up on the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. It's so cold. Get me cocoa. Hot cocoa. I need you to weather strip that front door. Weatherman says it's going to be more. Because I feel like a popsicle. Wish I lived where it's tropical. Uh, uh. But you know it's kind of comical How my nose is an icicle I said it's really cold out there so cold. I'm putting on more clothes I am getting so cold I need to put my mittens on Oh, it's getting colder here How low's the temperature go? I'm still getting so cold I'm putting six more layers on Oh, a little muchos kilos there for you Me, Shanner, and Timmy, my band of big guys That one's from three or four years ago. It is cold out there. We've got wind chills, as you just heard. Skylar had the forecast for you. Joining me now on the phone, my weather expert buddy, Bruce Johnson. Hello, Bruce. Hello. How was your Christmas, buddy? It was pretty good. How about yours? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Although, uh, I've said this now a couple times. I don't know if you heard this. I was out yesterday with Jackie yeah. and Hershey at the park, and I literally lasted three minutes. The wind was whistling past my ears. I climbed back in the truck. Jackie was dressed a little better, and Hershey had her jacket on, and they went for maybe five more minutes, and then they got in. It is cold out there. First of all, let's get. we'll get to the cold and how long these temps are going to be around. Um, but talk a bit about the snow. We've got, uh, I was hearing this morning, 5 to 10 centimeters. Have you got an official amount for us here in Winnipeg yet? About, about that. It's, um, had, they haven't really compiled it that, that well because it wasn't that big of snow. But the big, the, uh, impressive amounts are Grand Forks, Fargo, and some others. And I can give you those if you'd like to Yeah, hear. let's hear them. Okay, Grand Forks got 33 centimeters. Fargo got 34. Bemidji got 33. Mayville got 36 but Jamestown, which is a little more than an hour west of Fargo, got 66. Wow, that's over two feet, and everybody else yep. got over a foot. Yep, exactly, yeah. And, uh, yeah, those got a whole, we got maybe 10, maybe 12 centimeters in Lancaster, not a whole lot. And uh, it was well to the south of us where they got it, but they really, they really got hammered. So all the people here complaining about not having enough snow to uh, go snowmobiling, well, they can take a road trip down to Jamestown, they'll find plenty. No kidding, yeah. And I know a couple of people that I'm in communication with that were down in the States for Christmas that are now making their way back because some of the highways have been closed. Mm-hmm. And now, I guess, you know, hearing those totals, we know why. Exactly. And, of course, this was that light snow, light fluffy snow, because it's colder. It's not like what we had in October. This stuff blows around really easily, so it, you get that kind of snow. You can't see anything because it's just blowing and it's the kind of snow you can actually take a leaf blower and blow it off your windshield. So you imagine what that's like when it's snowing that hard and have that and have a 
you know, strong wind. Yeah, no kidding. Now, we've heard the forecast a couple of times since I came on the air here at uh, at 1 o'clock, a wind chill this afternoon around minus 20, minus 23 tonight. Tomorrow, the actual high, minus 8, and then minus 4 on Wednesday, and with the warmer temp on Wednesday, which is New Year's Day, of course, maybe a bit more snow. How much more snow might we see here in Winnipeg, Bruce? It doesn't look like much, you know, two, three centimeters. It's one of those. It, this one would be a clipper. This is not a Colorado low. This would be a, a clipper. Brings in a little bit of colder air, but that doesn't last very long. Then maybe Sunday might get up to around minus four again. Then a little bit cooler after that. Say this time next week, we may be closer to average. Average is minus 13 and minus 23. So we're way above right now. So we get some of those temperatures. It will feel really cold, but it will be just about average. I don't see a major Arctic blast yet. I'm watching the temperatures in Russia because that's one of the places where it builds up. It's only like minus 51.4 is the coldest. That doesn't that sounds cold to us, but it's really when you get minus 60 and below that, that's where you really start thinking, okay, it's building up. Where is it going to go when it dislodges? Where is that going to go? And that's what we'll have to worry about. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, and you know, I need to keep that in mind. I've I've been complaining about how cold it is, and I just played the song, Cold Outside. Um, Really, we are above normal for this time of the year, but because I think it has been so mild, we get a little blast and wind chills around that minus 20 mark, and all of a sudden we're going, oh boy. Oh, right, exactly. Even though we had that cold spell in early December, and it has uh, gotten lost in people's memories because it was pretty chilly for a while. We had that one one night was minus thirty point thirty two point two uh, without the wind chill. Um, so it it has gotten cold, but it hasn't stayed cold for a long period. So I'm going to watch that, and then also. Um, next week, maybe maybe Friday this week, but I wouldn't count on it. The new El Nino numbers or La Nina or n- neutral numbers yeah. will come out. Right now we're at 0.48 degrees above average, which is still in the neutral territory. It's not, um, it's not an El Nino. It, it has to be above um, 0.5 degrees above average, or if with La Nina has to be more than 0.5 degrees below average. So that's the thing. So we're still in that neutral territory, but we're not in it by much. So we might go into a weak El Nino, but that kind of El Nino really is not going to have much of an effect on the weather because it's not strong. And back to something you said a, a minute or so ago, you said you're watching for that Arctic blast, and so far you're not seeing anything. And really, you know, uh, listen, we can get snow far before November, but I think most people think win- winter in terms of November, December, January, February, and on. Um, we're two months into, and I'm doing the air quotes here, we're two months into winter, and it hasn't been all that bad yet. No, it hasn't been, and we'll have to see if, if that changes. Of course, one of the things, we don't have a tremendous snowpack, so that helps keep it from getting extremely cold. Of course, we get one snowstorm like Jamestown got, and that will change uh, immediately, but I don't see that yet. But if we do get a lot more snow, that's going to help generate that extreme cold. But, again, I'm watching up in Russia, and when it really gets cold there, and then I start seeing it warm up, then I know it's dislodged from there, and then I look to see where the track is. Is that going to hit us or is it going to miss us? I don't know that yet. That's probably at least two weeks away. But once I see it build up and get really, really cold up there and then start warming up, then I'll know it has launched, so to speak, yeah. and is headed to somebody. Somebody's going to regret it but don't know yet.
So no deep freeze that you can see yet and no major snow, maybe a couple centimeters you said on Wednesday for New Year's Day, but nothing serious. Are you seeing anything at all in the long-term models as far as a dump of snow is concerned? No, actually, I don't. Um, we obviously got lucky with this Colorado low. I didn't yeah. think it was going to hit us, and it didn't, because I mean, we just got a, a little bit of wind and some, you know, not much more than flurries. Mm. But uh, when it's active on the West Coast, that's where most of these Colorado lows original, you know, originate. They come in, then they fall apart in the mountains, and they regenerate. So sooner or later, another one's going to be there. It's just going to be a matter of what track it takes but there aren't any big storms out there that are threatening to become colorado lows at this point all right bruce excellent thanks a lot for your help with this i appreciate it sure no problem talk to you later all right there he goes my weather expert buddy bruce johnson you can find his weather website by going to my site halanderson.ca you can go to my site halanderson.ca and click through to bruce's site if you want to follow his excellent weather site we had my weather expert buddy Bruce Johnson on earlier. He doesn't see any big deep freeze. And let's face it, we're at that time of the year where we could see some really crazy temperatures. Minus 20, the wind chill out there uh, this afternoon. And while it feels cold, as I was saying to Bruce, I think it feels cold because it's been so mild. But yet, in the news, you've probably heard that a couple of people died from exposure. And Global News reporter Marnie Blunt joins us on that. Marnie, uh, good afternoon. Hi, Hal. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for doing this. So let's start uh, closest to us. There was one up in Gillum. We'll get to that in a moment. The one we want to talk about, first of all, happened in Selkirk, and both happened on Saturday, right? Yeah, so the first one happened in Selkirk, in Selkirk Park, Saturday morning. Uh, Police were called to a report of an unresponsive man, um, and when they arrived, they pronounced a 52-year-old man from Selkirk dead on scene. the cause they're still investigating but it is from cold exposure and then that afternoon up in gillum um rcmp found a 48 year old woman from fox lake cree nation by the local baseball diamonds there and she was also unresponsive and it was due to cold exposure and police say that they are still investigating even though there is no criminal activity uh, suspected. So police still saying as far as they're concerned uh, there was nothing that they would need to worry about in either of these cases? No, it looks like no criminal activity suspected and that it was from cold exposure Um, and it, it does, it's kind of creating a bit more of a conversation here with some local organizations about um, staying safe in the frigid Manitoba winters. Um, well, it's not known whether these two victims had any place to go or if they didn't have a warm place to go. Right. Uh, it's kind of starting that conversation. There's a local nonprofit organization called One Just City um, who runs an emergency pop-up warm-up center called Just a Warm Sleep in Osborne Village. And they actually started it in uh, 2017 after a woman had froze to death here in Winnipeg in the downtown in 2016. So they're basically offer just what they're called is just a warm sleep and they have 30 people can come in every night and there's several other organizations in the city that offer these overnight warming shelters. So definitely an important reminder as we head into some more 
cold temperatures this winter. We've had the organization on the air, and I, and I know it well, and they do good work out there. And we don't know, though, whether this uh, situation in Selkirk and then in Gimlam, uh, Gillum was, uh, we don't know if they were homeless, but as you said, it's sort of starting the conversation that, hey, it's winter, it's Winnipeg, it's Manitoba, we have to be prepared for this, especially uh, helping the people out there that might be homeless and not have a place to go. Yes, absolutely. And there's several different uh, organizations that do offer these overnight warming shelters and centers. Uh, for adults, there's Slow Mission and the Main Street Project, um, Just a Warm Sleep, which is at the Augustine United Church, as we mentioned, in Osborne Village and Salvation Army. And then there's other ones that are specific to youth, like McDonald Youth Services, Rossburg House, Tina Safe Haven. Um, and there's also community patrols out uh, in the downtown area. And also, we were talking to um, End Homelessness Winnipeg, and they were putting out a reminder that I think maybe a lot of people forget about. But in the cold weather, you can visit any city of Winnipeg library, leisure center, or pool during their hours to warm up as well. Marnie, thanks a lot for this. I appreciate it. Thanks, Al. Global News reporter Marnie Blunt. And joining us right now from Manitoba Underdogs Rescue, Lindsay Gillanders. Lindsay, thank you very much for doing this. Appreciate it. Hi, no problem. Thanks for having me. How is Greta the dog doing? Greta is getting so much attention at cjob.com. Tell us, uh, first of all, how she's doing. Greta's doing great. Um, She's still in the hospital. Um, They're monitoring her, and uh, we're still sort of trying to assess and come up with a long-term treatment plan for her. And we know that she was, well, if you read the story at cgob.com, there's all kinds of things going on with Greta. We know that she was found with a jar over her head up in northern Manitoba. Tell us how she was found. So it was an RCMP member up there. I actually, I believe a a concerned citizen originally found her and contacted the RCMP about her. Um, The RCMP officer removed the jar from her head, but noticed that she was still a little bit kind of groggy and out of it. Um, and contacted us to bring her into the city and to get her to see a vet. And we know that she was uh, shot several times with a, a BB gun or a pellet gun, right? We know that as well. Yep. So when the when the member found her, uh, she had a bunch of cuts and scrapes all over her body that have been determined were dog bites. Um, but when we took her for an x-ray to kind of figure out a few things that were going on, she was showing metal toxicity levels in her blood, which was it still is interfering with her kidney function. Um, they saw that she had also been shot six times with a pellet gun. So she has six pellets uh, embedded in her still, I believe. Wow. And then obviously with, with the jar was on her head, and so she can't defend herself against other dogs or other animals. So it sounds like other dogs or animals were, were getting at her and, and bothering her. Um, this, I mean, this is an unusual story, the jar and everything, but this isn't uncommon for dogs in that part of our province, is it? It's not. And, you know, when we, when we x-rayed her, they found the remainder of a tin can in her stomach. Um, so she was pretty hungry. She was starving. So my thoughts are that, you know, there's probably a little bit of something left in that jar and she was looking for any calories she could get, anything she could eat. And she stuck her head in too far and, jar got frozen to the ground and she kind of got frozen to the ground with the jar and just in a really precarious position and we think of it as kind of weird and kind of a one-off story but you know dogs that are so hungry they're eating cans that's not unheard of in in remote uh, rural communities in manitoba where the stray population is so overwhelming so greta is one of the lucky ones that you know she made it into care and somebody cared enough to to call us to to give her a second chance but there are hundreds if not thousands of gretas out there right now that aren't as lucky 
Well, and other great organizations like yours, Manitoba Underdogs Rescue does great work, and we just had a listener, Daria, call in and say she donates to you guys, and you guys are always doing wonderful things. So, yes, many Gretas, but also other great organizations like yours. And listen, we, we wish this had n- none of this had happened to Greta, but it did. And so we got to take care of Greta, but it's an opportunity now to sort of highlight the problem and maybe get people to give generously to help the Gretas. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we don't know what Greta's treatment is going to cost us. It's estimated into the several thousand dollars, but every dollar that comes into our organization, we have zero overhead almost. We, we don't have a physical facility. We don't have any employees on our payroll. Everyone is a volunteer. Thousands and thousands of volunteer hours go in. So all of the donations go back to helping as many dogs like Greta as we possibly, possibly can. And it's, you know, it's been a mild winter so far, but we do know it's Manitoba. Those minus 40s are coming and there will be dogs like Greta who need our help. So generosity of, of Manitobans and across the country, we've seen people um, donating on behalf of Greta. And it just, it really, really means a lot to us and to the animals. Well, and this is also why it's important to spay and neuter and, and why organizations like yours get up there and do that, right? Because I mean, these strays, these dogs, they're, they're roaming up there and, and they are starving like Greta was obviously in, in many cases. Yeah, and I think we're pretty quick sometimes to blame communities. But, you know, when you live in a remote community, you just, there's no local vet. You don't have access to go and to spay and neuter your pet. So even loving pets get loose every once in a while. They get pregnant. They have puppies. And a population can balloon balloon pretty quickly. And we run mobile spay and neuter clinics every summer. Our goal, I think, is six to eight this year. And in communities that we've worked with over and over and over again, the stray population just isn't a problem anymore. It's under control because the overbreeding has just stopped. And, you know, there's no government funding for that right now. There's nothing. So it's all private donation. And we'd really like to see the government or someone step up to help us with it because it's important work and it does make a difference. And you said uh, Greta's uh, care could be very expensive, but Greta's going to be okay. That's the bottom line here, right? We think so. I mean, none of her injuries, not one of her injuries was life-threatening when she came in. I mean, there was a metal toxicity in her blood, and I think that would have been bad had she been left alone, infection, all that stuff. But now that she's with the vet, there's just lots of things going on. And so, you know, she has to be strong enough for surgery, for example, to possibly remove those pellets. And it just kind of compounds. So we're trying to get her stabilized. I know she's on IV. I know she's on antibiotics. Um, trying to get her healthy, and then we can kind of figure out and go from there. But um, I wouldn't say that she's 100% out of the woods yet, but things are things are looking good for her. And if people want to help with Greta or your organization and the work that Manitoba Underdogs Rescue does, how can we do that? We'd be so grateful. Uh, Manitoba Underdogs dot uh, org is our website um, you can donate easily through there become a monthly donor that really helps us kind of manage our expenses um, or a one-time donation to help Greta uh, we also always need foster homes Greta will have a foster home that's already lined up but um, there are dogs out there that won't have foster homes lined up so if you're looking to open your home to a dog we would love that supplies um, just anything that anything that people can possibly give us we would be we would be very very grateful Lindsay, thanks for updating us, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Hal. Have a wonderful day. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.